Taylor Swift. Do I love her? Do I hate her? I guess we'll find out in the next 30 to 40 minutes. is the very thing that brings people together songs tunes jingles and jangles that's right today we're talking about music specifically taylor swift now in every friend circle you have that buddy who you just connect with when it comes to music in my circles that is my friend taylor o spiel taylor how are you i'm doing pretty good how are you danny Doing very well. Thank you for being on. Uh, you are no uh, no stranger to the podcast. I keep saying that whenever I bring on a, a guest that's repetitive, I was like, you're no stranger to the podcast. I don't know what else to say. Repetitive also sounds like you're insulting me a little bit. Reoccurring. A reoccurring. Uh, every time I have a reoccurring guest, I always say, you're no stranger to the podcast. It's true. You're not a stranger. You're a friend. Uh, but I, I say that constantly. And I don't know what else to say. You're You are familiar to my listeners uh the very few that are left the faithful the the few and the proud uh last time i had you on we actually we we spoke about olivia rodrigo's sour album high Mm -hmm. praise still to this day holds up love Mm -hmm. it waiting on that follow-up album Uh, taylor i think after we talked um after we recorded you said how awesome would it be if she put an album an album called sweet and it was love songs yeah was that you i i i I didn't make that up no i'm gonna give credit out to the twitter verse twitter but i think i told you it was from twitter so i feel better about that thank you elon musk for that incredible idea uh but today we're talking about taylor swift's midnight taylor i i think you are probably the best person to speak on this because you are a Swifty. Is that, is that correct? Is that the derogatory term? Did I just offend you? Yeah, no, it's Swifty is, is how it is. It, it, it's a way of life. Okay. Um, my nickname with my coworkers at school and now my kids uh, make fun of me and call me is they call me Tay-Tay Swift because they just know. Tay-Tay Swift. That sounds almost like a boxer name, like mm-hmm. someone who boxes. What's up, Tay Tay Swift in the ring? So, so Taylor, you are a big Taylor Swift fan. Would you say that you have been a Taylor Swift fan from the beginning? Um, actually, I was, and then I wasn't. There was a time, a brief time, be- the end of middle school, beginning of high school, where um, that would be probably right before Red released, where I hadn't been a fan because gotcha. i was so stuck in like this internalized like misogyny and like all this like kind of media of her like being like they called her like you know uh uh always dating new men and stuff right, like that right. 
and you know I was 13 14 and I fell really easily into that and thinking that was a bad thing and now I'm like I really regret that time that Mm. I wasn't but as soon as I turned like 16 and started you know starting to use the word feminist and understand what it actually meant and you know kind of accept like feminism and like femininity as like not a bad thing um i she brought me back yeah yeah she reeled me back in dude we were because i would i i I think i fall in that camp as well i'm like she's dating guys like any normal like (laughs) 20 year old she's dating she's good she's going she's she has boyfriends oh please and you know what I don't know if we're going to get into this, but some of those guys were old that she was yeah. dating. Yeah, they were like John Mayer, right? John Mayer dates a bunch. We're like, dude, yeah, he's dude. dating one now, too. Gross. A young a young woman. Mm-hmm. She's like 20. I think he's like 40 something. Mm, yeah, there's definitely like. If you're 40, dude, you got to like you got to get the at least like the high 20s. Yeah. Low 20s is like a little too fresh. Pedo. <laughs> a little too fresh. Uh, so uh, we have Taylor Swift. For me, my Taylor journey, um, I'm late to the game. I don't want to consider myself to be like a like someone who jumped on the bandwagon. I'm not like jumping on the bandwagon because everyone else is, is a big fan. I truly did not like her music. It was not for me as a 12-year-old kid. Her country music it's not it's not marketed to me and, and that's i think that's okay to say um and then she started kind of started tucking away from that and getting into like the red album and the 1989 album um and i don't want to be skipping over any so please forgive me if i do or correct me taylor uh, sure. uh taylor and um and i you know she's on the radio and it's like one of those songs we kind of sing to but i'm, I'm like i'm never ever ever going to to see her and I'm never going to see her live. That's never, it's like, it's like the, um, I'm trying to think of of an equivalent now. Like when Dua Lipa pops on the radio. Oh yeah. I like, I love that song. I think Dua Lipa, I like her music. I'll never go see her live. I don't have that connection. Her type of music is not really the kind of music that I'm just like, I vibe with necessarily, but I, I will rap some of the raps. I will sing the songs. And um, admittedly, dude, I really wasn't on the Taylor Swift kick until like, like truly a Taylor Swift fan until Evermore or no, what came out first folklore, right? Folklore. folklore. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember you saying that too. Yeah. I think I tell te- yeah. Cause that was, we were playing like wars. That was, that was 2020. That was 2020, which is when we really started. Like we were playing Warzone literally every single day with yeah. our squad. Uh, and, and, and folklore, I was never. I would. I would have never have given it a chance, until I saw that Boney Vare on Instagram was like, "Hey, uh, Justin Vernon's project." Boney Vare, he posted. He's like, "Hey, we did a thing with Taylor Swift to go check it out." I was like, "Oh crap, dude! I love Boney Vare." And and she hooked you. And I'm like, and I, I love this you. album. And so, I think the my biggest hook was this. And this may come off. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be like, uh, let me just say it. And then if, I, if, it's, if it's weird and gross, correct me. <laughs> but I, she, the, the Shake It Off era, mm-hmm. she was cringy to me. Okay. And I felt like she was 
doing something that she was not comfortable herself doing. Mm-hmm. The Shake It Off music video, I when I think of the 1989 and the Red, Red albums, they 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 sound good, but I, like as I think about her singing them and dancing like the Shake It Off, I I I feel like she's she's outside of her comfort zone. And I'll say that I'll equate that too with with Justin Bieber, where I think his newer stuff is fun and whatever. But when I watch him live, he's just cringy to me. Like he's trying, he's forcing himself to be something that he's that he's not. And uh, would you would you find any validate? Is there is there anything there that is that is would you find true? Anything that enrages you as a as a Swifty? No, no. So like 1989, I really. I would say that was like the album that kind of I liked Red, but it was I secretly liked Red. Like that was when like she was dating Harry Styles, and I, you know, I'm a big One Direction fan, so everyone who liked One Direction was like, you know, jealous right. of her and stuff. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I like a lot of songs on Red because I think it's one of her most iconic kind of albums. And but Red, then, sorry, I don't mean to cut you yeah. off. But for my own clarity, Red was the was the album post Harry Styles. She wrote it while dating Harry. Okay, gotcha. And gotcha. they they thought that the songs on there were about Harry, but they're not. 1989 definitely has songs about Harry because like she had already recorded Red by the time, you know, they were dating. Mm-hmm. Um, so 1989 kind of brought me back and that was like I want to say that was our f- senior year of high school, freshman year of college. Yes, when that came out, came out 2015, 2014. Oh, shoot. Yeah, let's say 2014. So the only thing I'd argue with you on the cringiness is that I, I definitely agree that like looking back on it, you know, some of her she has she has fun. I'll give her credit and like say she has fun. But I also think. You got to remember too, like 2014 was like Tumblr era. It was like, yeah, please don't every, remind me. Yeah. <laughs> everything was cringy. We look back on that. I would argue it's it's the whole thing was cringy, and I think we forget too that Taylor Swift at, is like in her 30s. Like she's a millennial, and right. and like we're like the cusp of Gen Z and millennial. There's like a difference even at that level, um, and. I think what she was doing was a normal 20 something year old kind of person in 2014. And like, she also had that huge like group of, of women and who are like awesome and famous. And she had them as her friends. She like brought them everywhere. They were in, Mm. you know, the bad blood music video. And she got a lot of flack for having like this girl group. Um, But like she at that point was, was trying to find an identity outside of just like, men that she's dated while also like having fun while also acknowledging that she was growing up so i think i mean she's probably like around uh, what our age now doing that and i could definitely see some of the stuff that i'm doing as cringy (laughs) um i mean as a teacher i do stuff that's cringy all the time in front of my kids and i'm not that much older than them there's just such a disconnect in terms of mm. uh, trying to do cringy stuff and people just not understanding it because you're also trying to find yourself and people forget that's a lot of your 20s is just like right trying to find that identity. Yeah. And she did go through like 
because she was born in 1989. She kind of stepped onto the scene, I'm guessing, as what, a teenager? She was probably like 14 or 15. Her first album was 2007, I think. 2007, Rhapsody Originals. Is that right? Rhapsody or Beautiful Eyes? As the album name? Uh, no, 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 no. Her Sounds... album name's Taylor Swift. The first, first album? One. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that was 2007. Taylor Swift. So she was 2018, 17. Yeah. Which is very young. She starts off doing these country 2006, Taylor Swift. So she was 13, uh, uh, 17. She's she, she did what three four albums in this country genre. Mm. She swaps to the pop, trying to figure out you know it's it's a very different perform like in terms of uh, performative mode, very different than mm. what she was doing on stage when she was doing the country music. So I, I get you know and and she had like three albums in the pop genre, where maybe you know she was trying to figure that out. And I think for some, like to. Not to water it down, but I'll, the best way I can like say is like to like to Madonna it or Britney Spears it, where it's more of like you know you're dancing and singing and and you have like a huge production going on. Um, you know she she's had to because that was the kind of music that she was putting out like these, like this, and that was what's popular. She was that was, was yeah yeah right. It was 1989 in Red. Where Red was a huge album. Oh yeah. It was controversial, dude. Right? It was. I remember when it came out in high, in high school, and people were like, "This isn't Taylor Swift." And I'm like, "This mm-hmm. is better than Taylor Swift," uh, in my in my very humble opinion. But and then um, when you were still like, "But Taylor Swift's not that cool." Yeah, I'm like, "But she's dating guys, dude." <laughs> dude, she's just dating. It's weird. <laughs> so so he right in 2020 comes around. She drops folklore with Bonnie Vare. Love it, and that's a very chill album. And then Evermore, she dropped six months later. Again, a very, very chill album. And uh, was it Evermore? She dropped like this documentary on kind of revolving around the songwriting process with um, uh, who's her? Do you know who? Jack Antonoff. Jack Antonoff. And Aaron Dessner. Yes. Aaron Dessner being from uh, 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 what's that band's name? The... Is it the national? The national, yes. And then Jack Antonoff from from uh, Bleachers. Mm. Uh, did they did they kind of come alongside her, around in twenty twenty, or was it a little bit before then? Um, I. Th- this is where you know, I don't want to say anything that's going to get people mad at me, um, if it's wrong. But I know Jack Antonoff worked on nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Um, and on, and he's been credited on every album since um i'm not sure about aaron i'm pretty sure it was only folklore evermore and now midnight um and and i wouldn't because 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 jack antonoff is a, is a great writer I, I like the bleachers a lot um definitely has like that upbeat you know very just fun kind of party it's kind of it's like a good like album to have on like in the background of a party mm-hmm. um and then you know, and Dessner from from the National, where his music can be a little bit more chill. His his songwriting, I think his his hand on the songwriting, I think is very very clear with folklore and Evermore, uh, and with his connections to 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 uh, bon, uh, Bon Iver, just bringing him in. And so I, I was watching this documentary with Evermore, and and, and it was kind I of think this. You're, it's the folklore. The folklore, folklore had one, yeah. Folklore, 
and they were kind of just talking about the songwriting process and doing all their songs live. And I was, I, I was watching Taylor do perform her, her music in this documentary live stripped down with like guitar, a piano mm-hmm. and her just singing into a microphone. And it was like, in this like this nice little sound. It was like in the sound proof room. Long looked, pond studios. Yeah. And it, it looked almost like a cabin and she, and she was like, you know, dressed like like she was in a cabin, like mm-hmm. nice and warm. And I'm like, this is like this is her vibe. And I think in this in this in this spot, like in this space, like I feel like she would she'll crush. And even watching her the documentary, like her concert documentary, I, I kind of watched it a little bit with my wife. Um, and you know, she's like she was talking about how all the things that she cares about, and um, just you know her the the things that she cherished in her relationship with her parents and and her cats uh i think like the folklore and evermore vibe of taylor swift aligned tighter with who she is as a person or or anyway uh, who who she kind of presented herself to be on this on uh, not the folklore documentary but like the the concert documentary that she had a few years back mm-hmm. um uh, what do you think what do you think about that am i am i completely out of the zone am i like Am I spitting on the faces of every Swifty right now? No, you're definitely not. Um, what I really enjoy about Taylor Swift is the fact that she has grown and adapted her music based on the time that it's in. And she's mm-hmm. very, very honest and clear about that. So, like, for her, she comes out with these pop albums and and, you know, Pop music is is popular. It's pop music for a reason. People love it. Yeah. You can dance to it. You can have fun listening to it. Um, but I think with folklore and evermore, um, both being like surprise drops. And we were in the middle of the beginning of the pan. We were in the middle of the beginning. We were like <laughs> in the beginning of the pandemic. We were like all kind of like the world was just gloomy. Yeah. Um, and I think she really took that as a time to like relax herself. Um, and she's also now been in a relationship with Joe Alwyn for many yes. years now. Yeah. And I think at that point, like her music has just shifted into like anything that she says about breakups and stuff. It's just she's such a storyteller. Right. And I think that's what we needed was like just stories because folklore has, you know, the, the, the um, love triangle of cardigan, Betty and August. And like, maybe she had a similar experience with a love triangle or whatever, but she's also just like, she's telling a story that people can relate to. Right. Right. And I think that's what makes her, you know, so talented and she's a great lyricist. Like she knows how to write. Um, and I yeah, think people yeah. really brought in to her because of folklore and evermore because people like an acoustic and they could get down with like she was also singing, you know, when you're singing pop, her voice is super high, but I think she brought down her voice a tone or two and it just like it's it just sounded like natural. Yeah, Not that def- she hadn't definitely- done that before, like red also kind of had that vibe, but yeah. yeah. And and pop music has changed pretty drastically in the last five to six years where, you know, uh, you wanted 
six years ago, you, you wanted the banger. Mm. You wanted the radio to play your song, but you know, the radio is pretty obsolete now. It's, it's relative, relatively dead. No one's listening to it. Um, and now if you listen to like a lot of the songs that kind of blow up on TikTok or really even the ones that kind of like, like the, that make you bop your head or tap your toe a little bit are pretty chill. Yeah. They're, they're I think gone are the days for now anyway, where, you know, the, the, the four on the floor, like the, uh, unless you're short. unless you're Dua Lipa, and and in that case, you she can keep doing that. Um, but it, you know the kind of like the the low key, like acoustic, uh, very subtle, like a per- uh, uh, percussion elements. Um, I think are taking off, and, and Taylor Swift in the last three years has just been crushing it big time. Well, even with her, you know, she has. So let's talk about the release. Was like. 27 so 2015 1989 2017 reputation that's a two-year two-year gap that's usual usual in music it's not weird 2019 another two-year gap she comes out with lover which i would argue is not you know her best pop album but as i've you know gone a few years out from it i revisit it and i really enjoy it and i look on it very differently than at the time Mm. Um, but then she was like, so lover, then folklore, six months later, evermore. Then let me release this re-recording of of Fearless, and then let me re-release Red, Taylor's version. And then, oh, by the way, here's a brand new album. Like she's <laughs> nonstop. Yeah, and and for someone because you see that kind of rate in drops in, in her last two years or last three years, you see this. Uh, the the rate of her how much she's dropping with like small indie bands small yeah. like bedroom artists because they're not necessarily touring where Taylor Swift is maybe yeah 2020 is the exception she wasn't touring um, but now she is and she's going and her 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 tours are going to be like a year long she's going to do six months in America she's going to do six months internationally and, and I would f- argue the most controversial tour of all time <laughs> which is which was what. Is this one? Is this upcoming one? Really? How so? Um, the whole like Ticketmaster scene and stuff. Oh, that's right. But that's not necessarily on her, right? That's on Ticketmaster. No, I, I, I just mean like this. Think about it in terms of time. Like this woman has now been in the spotlight over half her life. Yeah. At this point, and or just about half her life, and you're selling out the biggest stadiums in the world. To the point where it's making national news because you know some big media conglomerate thing t- tried to take advantage of your fans and stuff like it's just that's crazy that she has that power right yeah yeah so so i think to over explain it taylor swift she was selling tickets or like her 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 um, uh, the her production company like the production people who run her stuff they were going through Ticketmaster and Ticketmaster oversold her tickets by by thousands of tickets correct so Ticketmaster is a monopoly at this point right which means that you know they have most of the ticket sales um and they do this thing which you know a few years ago was a really good idea of called verified fan sale so. It, they send out emails to people saying, Hey, you're a real person. I can see you've 
bought tickets to shows and you have a similar music taste to this artist. So we're definitely going to send you a code to try and get in. The problem was, was that everyone, there was like, I forget what the number was. They only sent out codes for like 1.5 million people or something like, like a crazy number, but like a, a few people in comparison to what happened. Right. Um, and so what you were supposed to do is you're supposed to, you get a code and you join a line. What happened was you don't put in the code before you enter the line. So people were crowding the line. I waited six hours for my tickets. Oh my gosh. Um, and then once you got to the end of the line, you put in your code and you say like, and it, they confirm whether or not you're able to get the tickets. And what ended up happening was, um, I don't know if they oversold, but it was such a crazy thing. Like bots were taking tickets and stuff like that. And now tickets are being sold for $30,000 Right. Um, that they canceled the regular sale. Like that's how big the pre-sale was. They just said we're not selling regular tickets. Wow, which, yeah, which is I, insane. I know, I know. Live Nation, um, I think they're the, they're the parent company of Ticketmaster. They've been under scrutiny for a little bit, um, just because you know when you do run, like every big artist goes through Ticketmaster because mm-hmm. they the Live Nation. You know, it's the biggest. It's the biggest arenas with with owning pretty much Ticketmaster now and. Uh, there's, and there's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. That really stinks. That really stinks. So, but she's, that that's nothing to do with her. So she's really not, it has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. So yeah, I can't yeah. imagine the blame being put back on her. Like I, if it did, classic America, classic. So you, you mentioned earlier that there was, because I see that she did a few of her albums, like Taylor's version. Mm. Um. I know that there was some drama between her and Scooter Braun, who uh, managed Justin Bieber to mention him again. What happened there where she had to kind of re what happened where she had to redo her albums? So to bring back her age, when she first got signed, she was like 16, 17. Right. Um, And the contract she had signed did not give her rights to her masters um, or and then when somebody, I forget who it was, tried to sell them, they just skipped right over her and sold them to that guy, Scooter Braun. So Taylor Swift does not own that music in any way, shape, or form, um, which is crazy to me yeah. because, like, she is one of the biggest stars in the world. Right. Um, right. So, so she, she, I'm honestly, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Jojo, I don't know if you remember Jojo. Siwa? No. Oh, Jojo from like, RV. Yes. What's the jo- one song? Wait. Jojo from RV is what <laughs> that association. <laughs> I know she was a singer. Uh she was like was- a really young singer too. She was like 13 when her first albums came out. Yeah, what was that big song she had? Leave, get out right now. Yeah. Jojo. Jojo from RV. Jojo so how, from RV. She how she connected. She, she re-recorded her original albums as well. So like she, I not to say like nobody's done this before or whatever, but like, I just wanted to shout out Jojo because she did this th- thing. <laughs> shout out Jojo. Jojo from RV. Um, so 
what a what a connection um <laughs> i'm a movie guy i'm a i'm a movie guy it's it's my first it's my go-to uh but taylor swift re-recorded and she is going to re-record her um first how many albums is that taylor swift fearless speak now um she did red red but she's going to re-record all those or has been re-recording them and two of them have come out which has been um fearless and uh red and so that way she owns her songs basically um because scooter because scooter braun specifically owns the files yes of the master edits the master mixes. yeah so I'm, if, I'm not sure about the like ins and outs of that but yeah basically so if she were to re-record her own then she then those are hers yeah okay and and i know everyone when those came when when red came out everyone even my my wife included was like we need to listen to this album a million times and never listen to the regular album ever again yep scooter and you know what people did it i believe it dude swifties are nuts but in she also way, in a good way she also it wasn't just like a re-release it was like i also have like these six or seven songs from the vault that i wrote at the time that i didn't put on the original album right. yeah which is cool which is really that's that's really really cool that she did and she the infamous all too well 10 minute version yeah dude from the vault i'm 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 i go back and forth on this right too long um so it's i don't know dude i don't know man. oh it's, i remember something you said i know you got upset with me i <laughs> <laughs> and i was like what are you talking about <laughs> her snl performance her snl she was on snl dude yeah and I, was it bad i didn't think so did i think so well it definitely wasn't me but somebody in this Zoom call <laughs> was like, she, I don't know how she performs live. <laughs> oh, because she's like cringy to me. Ugh. At that point, though, she's cringy to you? Well, because it's an old song. Mm. Okay, that's fair. But like, what were you going to say if you I, weren't thinking SNL? So, so I think. Because she has such an incredible follow. Like when I say incredible, I mean massive. Like like BTS. You ever you ever like like when I was on Twitter, I said I don't about, know if you want to mention them right now because they will find us. I, was, I mentioned something about about BTS, and, like as a joke. Like it was a, it was a joke. I, I don't think I've even ever listened. Like if they were standing in front of me, I'd be like, I, I don't know who that is. Sure. And I was like, I said something about BTS, and dude, it went it like it, it nearly went viral. These BTS stands. I forget what they call themselves. The BTS army. The BTS army. army. Yeah, something like that. And they now they're all actually in the army. <laughs> they were attacking me, dude. Yeah. They were like, they were like going through old. They were like, some of them found me on Instagram were like making fun of me, like what how I looked. I'm like, what in the world? So Taylor Swift's fans, not as, as like toxic as that, but they're they're massive. They and when Taylor Swift puts out this album and puts out this music video. And it's very clear, like what, like what she's like, what it's talking about. Her whole thing with Jake Gyllenhaal, dude. Like my man she, had to turn off. She his... cast some great people to play. Right. Yeah. That I was just fun. want to throw that out yeah. there. Sadie Sink, yeah. Dylan yeah, O'Brien, right, right. fantastic. <laughs> and uh, my man had 
to turn off his his comments on Instagram. Like like I could the the the, the death threats he was getting in his DMs. I can only imagine. Uh, and um, you know, it's it's I think in a relationship, and with relationships in general, like dating relationships. I don't know. Stuff happens. Stuff said. I'd be mortified if, uh, not that I've like I've ever like abused anybody, and I don't, you know, I don't really know the whole Danny, story. Danny going Smith. on record to say he's not abused anyone. I'm, I've never that. abused anybody, and then one, one BTS fans gonna be like, I actually, I, <laughs> <laughs> I found this tweet from 2012. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, like, if anybody were to like paint my worst my my worst moments in relationships like in today like hey look at the look what look what danny paolo did played by uh you know taylor Lawner. i don't know i'm like he's the the first brown guy i thought of played by george lopez taylor Um, Lautner from uh shark and lava girl obviously nothing else taylor Lautner from that movie abducted where he where he parkours everywhere i think i mixed up two movies but um and then you know there's just like me like being mad about you know like my girlfriend when I was 16 years old because all she ate were chicken nuggets and and ranch. Uh, like it would make me look like an idiot. And uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I go back and forth on. It. I'm like, I'm like, was like, yes, it was a great, it was a great little short film. I liked it. It was enjoyable. It's it's is it? But isn't it Oscar nominated? Is it no? good for her, dude? But but Taylor, but Taylor Swift fans, dude. Then they like she has to know that they're gonna like attack the crap out of. Oh, for film. sure. For so sure. I, I love Taylor Swift. I am also very aware that she knows what she's doing and she is very smart and yeah. she is a businesswoman and she has been in this game for so long. She knows what she's doing, but also like don't let a 30 something date and a, a 19 year old. Yeah, that's half on. That's mostly on him. That is yeah. on him. Yeah. That is on him. Not mostly. It is on him. 19, um, dude. 19 but people young, dude. It's legal, but it's young. <laughs> it's gross. So, it's so young. Dude. I, I can't imagine myself at 19 in a relationship with a man in his 30s. Dude, at 19. I thought they were. I thought 30 was old. Now that's we're, old, dude. Now I'm hitting my late 20s. And I'm like, it's not that old. <laughs> it's it, We're young, dude. We're chill. We're still young. It's cool. We're mid twenties. We're, we're still we're. I'm early to mid twenties. Yeah. Uh, minus minus a few years, plus a few years. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I stand. I just. I. I. Just, I, I also I really like Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor. Like he always entertains me in anything he does. Like I'm not going to sit here and say like, you know, people completely stopped watching his movies and stuff he's still just as famous today as he was right before that came out right and i think i would chalk it up without watering down any side because i don't know in my mind i think i i think i think of it as like this 19 year old girl who doesn't really necessarily know how to date or like like she's not mature in any way and then you have this 35 year old grumpy guy who is may not be like as uh, and as is like one of the biggest actors of all time. Yeah, he may not be. It may not be like as like clingy or you know. It's at nineteen, you're still a child, and I'm sure like it became like this. And like I would say that there, there was an annoyance that probably came, and us knowing Taylor Swift at, at when she was nineteen, like her her country music phase. I almost sang a song, and and I actually I can I tell you something. I don't think I could tell you 
a single song from Taylor Swift's Country Phase besides the Romeo and Juliet song. Love Story. Love, oh, that's the love story. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Duh. A lot of people, I'll, I'll just say, people always call it the Romeo and Juliet song. So you're not alone in that. Romeo and Juliet. Well, her first big song was the Teardrops on My Guitar. Oh, yeah, that one too. See, so I get confused with her and Kelly Clarkson's early stuff. Really? Because I think, like, I think Kelly Clarkson sang that song on American Idol about 15 years ago, and it's just like, that's Kelly Clarkson. I also like just forget Kelly Clarkson's like a Southern gal. <laughs> and now like, she's like, she's like the new Oprah. She's awesome. She's, she's a side note. Her, I love to watch her show. Or her and watch Drew clips. Barrymore. They're like doing the same. They're like doing, they're like yeah. the new Ellen and Oprah. I, yeah. I'm not mad about it. But this is not about. No. This is not, not about, about uh, What's her name? What? Are they, what's, wow. I just. Uh, uh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. It's not Kelly about Clarkson. Her. Taylor Swift. Midnight. She dropped 2022. Uh, I listened to it a few times through all the way. It holds up, dude. It, along the same lines of folklore and evermore, it's got that. It's it's a little bit. It's got. It's, I think it's got a little bit more drive to it, which I'm not mad about. Um, and but it's it's definitely groovy, but it's it stays low key, which I'm a big fan of. Um, you you mentioned earlier that you know she's kind of staying in her lower register. I think her voice is really suited for that. Yeah. She's because she, you can even tell when she speaks, she has just na- like naturally a, a lower tone in her voice. Mm-hmm. And these like lower whispier, whispier, whisperier songs, uh, I think they fit really well into her song writing and, and, um, and music ability. And we just got to remember that, like, when she was doing those country albums, like, this is a girl from Pennsylvania. Like, she didn't have a country accent. So, when Pennsylvania, yeah, dude, she, she's not Southern. She's not a country gal. She did a fake country accent for like the first three years of her career. That's so fake, dude. Which also is like why her voice was so high. Cause she was like, he's the reason for the teardrops on my (laughs) Right. And now she's like at her normal tone. She's lived in LA and New York. Like, she's good. She's also older. Yeah. But, and all the that... cigarettes because <laughs> of because she has a lighter she has a zippo on her new yep. album cover probably smoking cigarettes all the time her next album she'd be like let's sing some songs and people actually think it's natasha lyon or whatever her name is <laughs> <laughs> we, these are tear jobs of my guitar <laughs> she's living in new york now man it's it, anything can happen anything can happen mm-hmm. uh but it would you, where would you rate? I th- I would love to hear your thoughts as a Swifty. Like for me, I'm a very, very casual Taylor. Swift. I would say like, a, I wouldn't say fan. I would say I'm a very casual Taylor Swift listener. Mm-hmm. An album comes out. I'll listen to it once, maybe twice. Maybe I'll throw, maybe I'll like cherry pick a song and throw it on the playlist. Uh, but I would not consider myself a fan. But as a casual listener, this is an album that I listen to. And I say, big fan, thumbs up, Taylor Swift. You're you're still on my good list. What are your thoughts? Um, this album got a ton of praise when it came out. It was getting what's the big website that like ranks albums? Um albumranker.com. Yeah, how'd you know? Um, but I like know, some I of her be- some of my favorite albums by her got like nines on it, and then Midnight's got a 10 out of 10, which was crazy. 
Um, and that was like the hype going into this album, which like she was just like, but um, but for me, I love I'm gonna love anything she produces or puts out. And Jack Antonoff, I'm a huge bleachers fan, I'm a huge fan of of him in general. I know that he's a good producer. This was not my favorite album. And it shocked me a little bit to to say that. But I think I'm so into that like folklore and evermore era that it's going to be hard to live up to that hype for me. Because for me, folklore, I had that. It's still, you know how like Apple Music and Spotify will do like your top songs of the year or whatever. Yeah. Folklore came out in 2020. And for the past two years, it has been in my top <laughs> albums. It's been like consistently like top 10 songs were like August and seven and stuff. Um, and then Evermore came out and I like Evermore slightly more than Folklore, um, which Evermore doesn't get any love. I feel like it's like her 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 redheaded stepchild. Um, but what do, you, what do you think that is? I think it's I I don't know it's weird like she hasn't acknowledged it on Twitter for its anniversary. Um folklore I think got way more hype. It was it was commercialized a lot more. She had multiple singles off of there. Mm. Um and I would say that folklore had an was an album that I could listen to every song like in a row. No skips. No skips. And evermore had no skips for a while but it has considerably better songs on it like the best song on folklore is like a fraction as good as the best song on evermore so like i'm so stuck in that era of like i just really love this this vibe yeah it's a personal preference right 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 and but you you prefer like me like you prefer really really chill music yeah yeah but so I, I can get, get I can get down to as Taylor Swift says in the the 2014 hit "Shake It Off." I can get down to <laughs> this sick beat, dude. Let me get down to this sick beat. Come on, dude. That's <laughs> like it's a, you're like cringe. <laughs> like, oh, dude, I'm, I lost a I lost a brain cell. Uh, but so to get back to Midnight, it's like there are really great songs on there. I I think Mastermind. Is one of the that, best songs she's ever written. That was actually one I noted here. Um, like Masterminds, dude, has to be the perfect conclusion to an album. Mm. Like you ever listen to an album and you're like, this is the last song. And as I'm listening to this, to, to the, the whole album in it, the first time, a Mastermind came on. And yes, you know, I, I am pushing at this time. Like I, in my mind, I'm like, I had to have listened to at least like 11, 12, 13 songs already. Yeah. Um, but as Mastermind started, I thought to myself, this is the last song. And uh, and that's a good, that's good, that's good album laying out, laying outing, uh, setting um, up. It's, uh, and Mastermind I, I, is a great album. Or great I song. think the whole album. But um, our mutual friend, Mariah, um, yes. she was talking about the transition of Bejeweled to Labyrinth to Karma to sweet nothing to mastermind like those songs in a row mm. are are just perfectly placed on the album mm. just 
gorgeous thing. Uh, just I don't know. There's just something about it. And when I listen to the album, I do tend to, you know, skip some songs just because I prefer like Mastermind and Karma yeah, and Labyrinth yeah. so much. Yeah. So like, I know for me, there was one skip on here after listening to it a few times. And I think it was, it was Vigilant Poop, Vigilante Poop, <laughs> which, which then bleeds you into the, the five grouping of Bejeweled Labyrinth, Karma, Sweet Nothing, Mastermind. And I, I, I might, I might be mistaken, but I do think I, re- I, I remember those last five songs being in the same key. So they flew, they flowed really, really nicely together. I mm. wanted um, to the next, but I have to listen back. But next, I have to re-listen and, and really focus on those last five. Um, but uh, yeah. There's also, I just want to also shout out would have, could have, should have. That's a fantastic song. That is on the deluxe. Oh, dude, I didn't even listen to the deluxe. Yeah, there's some. I didn't even know that was like out what there a, in the ether. I, I think, dude. All right. Here's how I know that Taylor Swift is a is a businesswoman. Yes. Tell me. And and you know, I'm gonna also criticize her for this. She knows how to work capitalism. Okay. When she's come out with like her last she when Lover came out, when this came out, she's released different like covers of the album. So she has four versions of Midnight's for CD format that you can get. Are people buying CDs? Yeah. Who are these people? People who don't have lox cords. The poor? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm poor, okay? I'm going to put that out there before (laughs) people get upset with me. I'm poor. I have an aux cord. I can afford a $4 aux cord. If you are still buying CDs, knock it off. People, but also she's come. I don't remember how many vinyls there are, but there are quite a few vinyls for each album too. Um, but every artist does that. Every album. Yeah. But so, but she's like, she's like this entrepreneur. She releases all these. I don't remember why I started talking about this, but she releases all these different versions of the same album. And then she also has. There's a Target version of this album as well, with one extra song. And like two remixes and the one extra song you can only get from the target version and she knows people are going to buy it she knows yeah, yeah yeah interesting interesting i know i know too like just her marketing within her own craft of you know things like the cardigan and people like and people like kind of checking in and be like is 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 that harry styles's cardigan it looks like like and them doing the research and and listening to the albums really quick and then uh it keeps her you know it definitely keep it keeps her at the top it keeps people curious and checking in and uh, so I, I think she does a great job there she's great marketer great business person mm-hmm. I'll, I'll agree with you there uh um uh, in closing i'll say this i know you said that you had forevermore or sorry folklore uh forevermore <laughs> forevermore yeah I, I i you you said you had folklore uh, some songs in folklore as you know the top 10 played most songs you had uh at the end of the year through spotify to, to make your heart at ease uh i've had forever forever ago my most played album for the last like 10 years of my life and that, that album came out in 2007 bony bear dropped that nearly uh, uh quick math 14 15 15 years ago uh, but it's it's my favorite album 
And sometimes, you know, some some songs, some albums are bangers with a capital B and a capital Z at the mm-hmm. end. But uh, that's that's what we that's that's what we do for the the, the musicians and artists that we care for. The love of the game. It's the love of the game, man. If you don't love the game, go sit on the bench. So true. And with that being said, Taylor Taylor Swift, Taylor <laughs> Taylor O'Spiel, do you have two two sentences to conclude your thoughts on what we just talked about? Um. Yeah. Sure. Two sentences, or just like like thirty seconds worth of. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would say that I think Taylor Swift's a super talented woman who um, has really grown and like endured through some really stupid media blitzes Mm. Um, and that she's just an awesome lyricist and storyteller. And I will probably listen to her for the rest of my life. Or until she dies. And with that being said, Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Ear Dip Podcast. Taylor O'Neill, thank you so much for uh, being a guest. For your thank you for for sharing your thoughts and your prayers with us on your bestie Taylor Swift. My bestie. Do you, do you, you. agree? Do you disagree? Let us know. Um, I don't know. Call me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and here's was... Danny's personal number. No, no. <laughs> uh, but enjoy your whatever time of the day it is enjoy it and we will catch you on the next one